hello and welcome. My name is Tim. I'm Danty. And I'm Herfie Durfee. And this is Go Mode, a link to the past Randomizer podcast. I want to extend an official congratulations to our co-host, Danty. Danty, this is a this is an occasion for celebration. Do you have any idea why? Uh, is it because we made our waveforms prolapse? Or <laughs> is it... <laughs> <laughs> we are using a new recording technique. I, I don't know. What, what am I celebrating? Can I guess? Okay, I, so, I don't actually have yeah, yeah, an idea, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. guessing. Is it maybe Dante's podcast anniversary of some sort? Close. It, so I believe this episode marks the official point at which Dante has hosted more episodes than Axial had hosted. Oh, all right. That was so, close. Yeah, oh, really? very, very similar sort of idea. Yeah. No. Yeah, because mm-hmm, if we just go to the episode feed here real quick, there's one that's like goodbye Axial because mm-hmm. uh, that was a pretty big deal at the time. And that I'm stalling for time right now, if you couldn't tell, <laughs> that is episode 30. I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well then. Yep, and we're on yeah, and we're on seventy four right now. Uh, and I think there was two. There was one episode I hosted by myself, and there was one that was a correction that was sort of in between episodes. That doesn't really count. That was also by myself. But even counting those in, I do believe this episode marks the one where yeah, you officially overtake Axial in the episodes recorded list. Hail to the king! How does that make baby. you feel? GG, <laughs> Santi. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you've ever felt like you're like a replacement host or, or anything like that, you now officially have done more episodes and, and should feel right at home by this point, I it's, would hope. It's like in a sitcom where they change the mom after the first season <laughs> and then the show goes on for like seven more seasons and uh, everyone yeah. forgets about the first. No, don't forget the first mom. But um yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I, like I told you guys when I joined, I really enjoyed Axial's time on here. I thought he added a whole lot to it, and I was I was honored to be uh, uh, chosen, as yeah. it were. Yeah, well, I mean, now, I mean, you qualify for the 401k, the benefits, you're going to start getting health insurance now, so be on the lookout for that. It's, congratulations I again how good that's going to be. That's news to me, <laughs> and I've been on this thing from the start. <laughs> well, you're you're international, so we weren't uh, I able see, to work I see, on that I out. See. But Dante's getting the full the always full stiffing the Germans. No wonder we're so angry. <laughs> uh huh. I mean, you don't even pay for healthcare over there, so I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> that is decidedly untrue. <laughs> close, close enough. Uh, anyway, let's let's get out of talking about uh, geopolitical healthcare <laughs> schemes, and let's get into talking about a link to the past randomizer. Let's start out with our headliner, which is going to be the main tournament. So, uh, Dante, how's it going for you so uh, far? Well, okay. As it stands, as of today of recording, I am one and one with Goomba. We had so we. I have to plug this. We had Twitch Chat's dream seed uh, in our game two, um, where Goomba even the series up, and basically TLDR. Uh, Ether was on Lumberjack. That was to get independent Mire, and then Book was on Pedestal, and Bombos for Go Mode to enter TR was on the Ether tablet. So there you go. Um, it was <laughs> Twitch Chat's dream seed, and uh, it was a hot mess, but um, it's still it's still good. So by the time this comes out, I will either be in the top sixteen or 
sitting on my keister out of the tournament. So uh, our game three is Monday, and this is where you'll find out if I won. Uh, yeah, hi, this is uh, Tuesday Tim calling into the podcast to let you know that Dancy won that game three, so uh, he's going to be moving on to the Sweet 16. All right, talk to you later. Hi, Tuesday Tim. And either way, I'm happy about it. <laughs> because I can relate uh, to that. Either we continue to go further than we ever have, or, you know, I'm uh, out and I can do some other things. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I'm looking at the challenge right now, and um, no surprise in terms of, you know, the, the, some of the names I'm seeing right now. Aerie is in there, Jet, Wall Kicks, uh, P Train. You know, a lot of the folks that were. Uh, seated high are, are in there, but there's definitely some upsets. And I did, I just wanted to shout out just because I think it's, it shows the power of rando. And one of the things that's so fun about this game is uh, Dante in your first match of brackets, you went up, you're seated number one, you went up against the person seated at 127, which is water low. And that did come down to a game three, which would have been just like a crazy upset. But I just love that this game is such to where, Anything really is possible. We've talked about that a lot before, but I'm glad you pulled it out, obviously. But just, you know, the fact that that's possible, I think, is is just so ALTTPR. That's so rando. Oh, I that's, that's going to be Tim's new catchphrase. <laughs> that's so rando. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll be back to check in on this again. Um, of course, best of luck to you, Dancy, in your game three against Goomba and, and Tuesday. Temp has already reported on how that went, uh, and we will keep an eye on this until we find out our our winner for this one. Um, so we'll be back. Uh, moving on, let's look at the Challenge Cup. As I mentioned, I uh, officially bowed out of this, so I don't have that like ground level uh, perspective to give you any more. Um, but we can take a look at the brackets, and it's, you know, same kind of situation. They're moving along, uh, maybe a little bit slower uh, than, than the main tournament. But um, a lot of names of folks, you know, from, from our community uh, are in there. A lot of talented runners, just kind of overall. Um, not, not too much we can really say until we get a little further in these brackets. But uh, any thoughts or impressions from the Challenge Cup from, from either of my illustrious co-hosts? I mean, it's kind of hard to say. As you were saying, they're being a little slower. They're currently putting their top 16 together. There's only, as far as I can tell, like five people in there yet. Uh, and they, they still need to play out a lot of games from the round before. Uh, I think uh, it's going to be kind of hard to tell unless it you know shapes out a little bit more than it currently has, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's still going strong. We got a lot of friends in there, but just not not a whole lot to say. Yeah, big shout outs to my boy Skeeter. He is uh, he beat uh, Drazor and then uh, is playing Cool Papa Bell. That's a name we've heard quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, in the next round. So um, yeah, I, I I still I'm picking. I mean, I'm still picking Zero Rush to win this tournament. Sorry, sorry to everyone, but totally picking Zero Rush to win it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Zero Rush has won the main tournament before, no. and then like took some time off and is back in the no. Challenge Cup. What's, what's Zero their Rush, situation? Zero uh, Rush was the number one seed in the main tournament back in 2018, and then just proving how okay. stupid standard gotcha. mode can be and volatile, um, <laughs> basically just barely missed out on qualifiers and uh, actually did not qualify for top 128. But, I mean, if you've ever watched Zero Rush do 
uh, you know, vanilla speedrun, you'll know that they're no slouch as far as execution goes, and their rando decision making is usually on point. It's just, you know, when you have a, a bad streak, you know, you get bad scores, and yeah. uh, it just was an unfortunate break for them. But, you know, right now they're sitting as the, the two seed going into brackets. They do have to play Crythal. Crythal's pretty good, too. So that'll be a pretty fun series to watch. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, so we'll dip back into that one again next week, as usual. For now, let's move on with the news. So there was, like, right after our episode finished recording uh, two weeks ago, there was an announcement uh, from the ALTTPR ladder from Big Dunk over there uh, announcing something called a Retrance Invitational. So I'm going to turn it over to her for <laughs> our you know, ladder correspondent uh-huh. admin. What's going on here with this retrance invitational? Well, so uh, if you've been on the ladder in the past, I don't know, I would say maybe month, maybe a little longer than that, uh, you probably saw Dunka talk about the new modes that are coming up for Season 8. One of them being uh, the so-called Potpourri mode that was chosen by having people vote on, like, I don't really know how to how to name those like one certain aspect of how to randomize a rando seed. So, you know, it started out, I believe with the world state, is it going to be standard? Is it going to be open? Is it going to be inverted? Then, then after they voted on that, the next day they decided to vote on, is it going to be uh, swordless? Is it going to be retro? You know, all these things. So that was the first mode. The second one was something that Dunka himself thought up the so-called retrance mode. What that is, is essentially a retro cross-world entrance shuffle. (laughs) That sounds like a whole lot of stuff, but in practice, it actually turns out to be a little more uh, pleasant, I guess, to play. It is. Yeah, I think pleasant is probably a good word for it. Uh, It it sounds very complicated, but uh, you've got the, the... Crossworld entrance shuffle, which is, you know, a big ask for anyone who isn't like familiar with those kind of, you know, crossworld entrances and all that stuff that comes with it. But due to the retro mode being added, you also have the possibility of finding the shops that sell you the any keys that you can use anywhere, the small keys. So that helps a lot with, you know, taking off the, the edge, so to speak. But um, hmm. to uh, to continue on f- to explain what actually this whole invitational is supposed to be, th- after thinking this up, uh, Danka thought, "Hey, why don't we start hosting a small little tournament? Why don't we, you know, use the ladder as sort of a like one season of the ladder in a specific mode? We use it as sort of a seeding system in a way. Uh, let people play it out. Give them enough." Uh, you know, time beforehand to get ready for it and plan accordingly. And then from there, we're going to make a little invitational to uh, like give it a first shot. So, you know, this is our, I don't know, prototype first try in a way. That's why it's only 16 people and that's why it's only an invitational and we're only starting up. But uh, basically what it entails is the 50 retrans races that will happen during season eight, the upcoming season of ladder, all 50 of those races will count uh, as the first stage of the tournament. And then uh, after that, 
we take uh, the top 16, as far as I'm aware. I do have to say all the rules and everything that was so far done has been completely thought up by Danka. I was only involved in like an advisory capacity, I guess. So um, I might be a little shaky on some of the exact ruling, but we'll see. I do have the document open here. And uh, yeah, we'll yeah, have I was a link just going to say, I'm sure if anyone wants to read up. to the document. Yeah. So the, the first stage of the tournament are the 50 retrance races. Then there will be group stages for three weeks, uh, which each racer racing three times per, per week until only two races remain at the end of the third week. And then we will have the finals, which will be a best of three between the two remaining racers. So basically you're taking the whole of season eight as uh, like a qualifier in a way. And the top 16 will be taken uh, to join this event and then uh, race for the glorious spot of the winner. And uh, thanks to Dunka's generosity, you're not only going to be racing for bragging rights, you're also racing for the chance of winning an analog Super NT with the classic color uh, straight from Dunka himself. He decided... Oh, wow. Uh, he, uh, he managed to snag an extra one in the last round of orders that they had in not too long ago. And uh, I talked to him and I was like, are you sure you really, you know, that's not like a $20 <laughs> gift card. That's like an, a valuable thing that's kind of hard to get yeah. because they always sell out and everything. And like, if you're trying to get rid of it so bad, I'll I'll take it. But uh, no, nope. yeah. he, uh, he he wouldn't budge. He said, yes, uh, he'll not give it to me. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, he also will put it up as a prize for the winner. Just, uh, you know, to drive, to, to, to kind of drive participation. He really, he really wants people to kind of take yeah. this seriously and give it an actual try if they have any interest in it. Um, as we will talk about in the episode, in the, in the future of the episode, it's... You know, I think it's a little bit of a uh, a two-sided coin in a way because I think it's cool and you got plenty of time to prepare for it. But if you don't have the time to race in a lot of these 50 retrance races during ladder season eight, it might be hard to compete with people who just have like a seemingly unlimited amount of time and energy to race every one of those 50 retrance seeds, you know? Yeah. I'm wondering, do you have any insight into why uh, Dunka wanted to do this? Because from what I understand, like the kind of the strength of the, the ladder was the fact that you can kind of dip in and dip out at any time. And people had sort of asked for some kind of bracket thing to happen. And the answer usually has been, no, that's not really what we do here. Do you know what has like changed his mind? No, not really. I think he just really enjoys the mode that he thought up i think the mode is a, a big driving factor here though i i okay. can't say for you know 100 percent sure uh he we we that haven't really you know he hasn't really told me all right so you know i wanna i wanna do this and that's why he just brought the idea to me and you know asked me what i think of how he's gonna handle it and stuff like that uh, I do believe a lot of it is driven by the mode. The the retrans mode that he thought up is a is pretty fun to play, and it's very you know different from what we're used to in a in a more quote unquote normal rando setting where you're playing a standard or an open or maybe a, a entrance shuffle or a key sanity or something. But this is sort of you know retro isn't the most popular mode at all. 
and uh, right. crossworld entrance uh, is uh, a big hurdle for a lot of people right like Ooh, I, I don't know about this so mixing those two together makes mm -hmm. a strangely compelling mix of modes and uh, i think Dunker just really wanted to come like right out the gate with it mm. Yeah, of course, if we all remember, Dunka was also the one that created Inverosia, mm -hmm. which was inverted Ambrosia. Um, so it seems like he really just likes taking two modes and just kind of mashing them together <laughs> and uh, seeing if it sticks. And, and he's got a pretty good track record. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think this could be very interesting. As I said, my, my main worry is uh, taking those 50 Season 8 races of that mode as kind of the qualifiers for this Invitational and sort of you know, in a way, automatically locking people out that don't have enough time to put in. You certainly don't have to race every single race to have a chance, especially if you're doing well. But if you, you know, if you can only make one race a week and there's, I don't know how many retrans races a week on the ladder, then you're probably going to be having a pretty tough time making it to the top 16 there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's cool that he's doing it. Yeah, I agree. I'm very jealous of whoever gets that Super NT. I have, like, no... Like, even if I did get it from him, it will probably go, like, it would have gone to the worst person ever because I will be playing, like, I don't know, Super Metroid on it or something and not actually use it for what the people who really want it would be using it for. But I'm, yeah. but I'm still kind of jealous. <laughs> it's understandable. <laughs> um... Cool. Well, thanks for the uh, the breakdown. We will check that out. Certainly, we'll tell you, you know, who the winner of that is once that time comes. It's going to be a little while before that happens, but uh, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. Um, so there's two races that I wanted to tell you about. One has already happened, and one is happening this weekend. So the one that already happened uh, is the NMG tournament finals between Bra uh, Buane versus Error, Error, Buane versus Error. Uh, so that's the finals. Um, they were seated like number one and number three, I think, respectively. So no surprise to see the two of them there. Uh, this tournament has finally reached its conclusion. Um, the race, uh, I think race two was on Sunday. And if there's going to be a Thursday or if there's going to be a third race, then that will have happened on Tuesday. So Tuesday, Tim should be telling you kind of how that happened. So. Tuesday Temp here, longtime listener, second time caller, and I got some good news for you. Turns out this race got delayed, and if you're listening to this podcast the day that it comes out, this is actually going down tonight at 5 p.m. EDT on twitch.tv slash Zelda Speedruns. That is the NMG tourney finals between Buane and Error. Alright, um hanging up now. I'll take my answer off the air. GG's to the winner of that, whoever that happens to be. And we'll put the bracket in the description so you can check that out uh, and see how everyone did in that tournament. And then the one coming up, uh, I talked about this last time, but I just wanted to provide a quick reminder about the five-year anniversary ALTTPR race that's coming up uh, Sunday, May 30th, this coming Sunday. Um, as a reminder, that's sort of the five-year anniversary of the very first ALTTPR race that was held on Speedruns Live uh, and they are running that same seed again, uh, distributing that along with kind of uh, some rules about like, okay, this is going to be very different than you're used to in V31 now. So, um, you know, check that out. 
so yeah, that should be a fun time. Uh, Sunday, May 30th, that's going to be 1 p.m. Eastern. So uh, you can either try to race in that or just watch folks race through it. should be entertaining either way. All right, uh, GMP community updates. Let's go. All right, so we need to talk about the Mentor Tournament. We're going to be doing that a lot in the next uh, few episodes. But we had an opportunity to have two-time Mentor Tournament admin Lumaga on the show on this segment to help us talk about it. And we just absolutely could not pass that up. So we are now being joined by Lumaga. Hello, Lumaga. Hello. Thank you for having me on the show. It is absolutely our pleasure. So since we have you here, uh, you have been heavily involved with the preparation of you know, getting things ready for the mentor tournament, signups, uh, structuring the tournament, putting the rules together, all the many forms and sheets in the background uh, that, that help run a tournament like this. You are the author of many of them. Um, let's start by give us an idea of how the signup process has been going so far. Yeah, so we opened up signups two weeks ago to all the mentors and volunteers and racers, of course. Um, I don't quite want to reveal the exact number of potential racers we have because we haven't uh, really decided on uh, the threshold of who's going to get in. But uh, last year we had 64. I think we're on target to meet that. And we have 60 mentors signed up so far. So we're going to have a lot of uh, great uh, mentors and uh, teachers to go around for all the racers this year. Yeah. One thing I love to see a lot of racers from last year coming back to mentor, kind of paying it forward, as it were. It's always good to see. Yeah. So that's this is the second year we've been able to have returning uh, racers become mentors. From 2019 to 2020, you saw uh, quite a few of us uh, become the teacher. And now from 2020 to 21, um, people from all of the brackets, right? Tempered, Master, Fighter, and uh, and Gold Sword, they've all become you know very talented now in this uh, in this game. So it's great to see them pass on what they've learned. Yeah, absolutely. I sometimes forget you were a racer in the first one in 2019. So you definitely have that same perspective of racing and coming back and mentoring because even with all the admin work you do, I know that you still make some time to mentor occasionally, which I think is awesome. So uh, tell us a little bit about some of the events that we have coming up to look forward to. Uh, so let's start with the one on this Friday. Yeah, so this year uh, we have, again, four previous uh, alumni from 2020. Scoople, Leoria, Dapper Warman, and Vortex of Doom. They're going to be racing in the kickoff race. We had one of these last year, and now we have one this year. Uh, no shenanigans that we're planning. It's just a normal, <laughs> you know, open 7-7. I think it might be a good idea if we actually demonstrated the open assured seed that uh, we created for this tournament. Um, but all four of these runners, you know, were... Really good uh, coming out of the mentor tournament, and we wanted to show, you know, how far some of them have progressed, right? Uh, so these four, uh, some of them have made the main tournament. All of them did well in league. Uh, they made the playoffs, and in fact, we accidentally made this team. We need a mentor mm -hmm. versus Leoria, <laughs> right? Three of them were actually on the same league team. That was, you know, just a coincidence. It's something we we thought about after we asked these people. Um, but, uh, they're all good friends and they're all good sports about this. They're really doing us, uh, a solid by, uh, putting on this exhibition race. I'm looking forward to it and, you know, I hope everyone uh, shows up for it. Yeah, absolutely. This is kind of the, you know, like 
what you can eventually kind of accomplish if you do the mentor tournament, if, if you're, you know, if you're a uh, racer in it, if you soak in some of the ideas that the mentors are given to you and continue to be a part of the community, uh, this is sort of, you know, what, what you can look like uh, as you progress through your rando career, as it were. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to these four racing. Dante and I will be on comms as is sort of a mentor tournament tradition. Um, myself and another one of the hosts will jump on and do commentary as we kick this thing off. Uh, this is year three running of that. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, do we know the exact time? I don't even know if we've nailed that down. I'm just saying like Friday night and hopefully people will keep their ear to the ground and it'll be on twitch.tv slash go mode podcast. So it won't be hard to find. Um, I think like eight Eastern ish, somewhere around there. That maybe, sounds maybe right. Tuesday temple will correct us, but that seems right. Yeah, that it seems was, right. So. It was sometime in the evening. But, uh, you know, it's hard getting four people, obviously, together for one race, you know, uh, especially when you're coordinating with specific people. So uh, super glad that everybody's volunteering their time to do it. Should be should be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah definitely sounds like it. Um, I mean, getting four people together for a race is like the sub the subtitle of the mentor tournament, because that's what you have to do for <laughs> almost all of them. Uh, so this is good practice, you know, getting people's schedules together. <laughs> Um, so, and then next week, uh, starting on Monday, May 31st, uh, we have day one of Boots Camp. We've talked a little bit about this in past episodes, but now we're prepared to go into a little bit more detail day by day uh, to tell you exactly what we have in store. So, Lumaga, tell us about day one of Boots Camp. Yeah, so uh, like you said, all five days of that week, we're going to try and bring in someone who's experienced, right, uh, as a good runner, but also a really good teacher in the community and um, who are really skilled kind of in their own right. They've got maybe a specialty or something. You might think of their name when you think of these things. Uh, so Monday, we're, I believe we're going to try and have P-Train do a tutorial on movement and, and tips and, and, you know, different tech that you can pull off and uh, kind of speed up your game. Uh, I think yeah. we're looking at. He's two... going to be using. Sorry, just to yeah. comment on that real quick. He's going to be kind of using our top ten uh, tricks that we voted on in 2020 last year. That I know a lot of people reference as a good way to like get started in rando. Is like these are kind of the highest impact, uh, most important tricks to learn. So he's going to go through that list and hit on each of those. I know. Um, he's also. I mean, like I've seen the outline that he's using, and it starts with movement, and and a lot of the stuff we talk about in our movement episode. And he tells you like when to pump. And I think that's really cool because probably a lot of people are like, whoa, that's that's way too advanced for beginners. We don't really need to know that. But then I think back to being a percussionist and how when you teach people in sixth grade, you don't teach them the wrong technique. You teach them the correct technique just a little bit slower. And then over the course of years, you build on top of that until you get the you know expert advanced level stuff. So I love that he's starting with the basics and he's not like watering it down like he's telling you the kinds of things that really good runners think about and it's the kind of thing that you should be thinking about too as you move through the world um now he, he like uh, lumaga said he's a great teacher so he's going to you know it, it'll be gentle it's not going to be uh you know like this is pumping and you have to know how to do this and you know but i he's really <laughs> going to give you a very thorough breakdown and i think that's really awesome i'm, I'm really looking forward to that no actually he is a really good teacher you had him on the show a while back and he taught hovering a few of us actually learned hovering in the community because of that episode in the bi-weekly that you put out. I highly doubt he's going to go over hovering in this tutorial. You know, go listen to that episode of the podcast. But uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, even picking up some tips that he might throw out. 
yeah, it's going to be good. And then uh, continuing on the week, we've got Espion, who, you know, he does a lot of glitched modes and uh, stuff these days, but he's still really good at uh, just the normal rando. And we have him on to teach, uh, you know, dungeon routing, key logic, maybe go mode, not go mode. Um, he's got his own outline of things he's going to cover as well, all about uh, dungeons and getting through them efficiently. Yeah, that's going to be really good as well. Espion is a wealth of knowledge. And this is a perfect fit, I think, as a topic for him to go over. By the way, if you're not able to catch any of these nights live, we will be uh, uploading all of them to YouTube the following day with chat uh, connected. Like, you'll be able to see the chat that was happening, you know, so questions that are asked and answered and things like that. So if you miss one, no big deal. Just check out YouTube the next day. And then also Twitch VODs, of course, are always uh, valid as well. All right, what about Wednesday? Yeah, uh, Wednesday we've got our very own Dante going over boss tactics oh and... Uh, <laughs> I thought oh. you only had good features on. <laughs> yeah, this one I'm not so sure about. Well, <laughs> I mean, we had to pick we had to pick somebody. Just you know, give them throw them a bone. I, uh, Dante, what, what do you no, have in store we're excited for, for this for, one. Our, for our pupils? I'm going to uh, mute my mic the entire time and uh, <laughs> just play the bosses while I'm listening to episodes 35 and 40 of the Go Mode podcast, where Ari talks about how to do bosses, <laughs> and <laughs> and then. Um, you know, uh, we'll do it that way. No, I'm kidding. Uh, that would actually be good. Like, if you guys want to get some early homework in on bosses and then point out things in chat that I may be saying wrong, uh, mm. you know, as a teacher, because I am definitely not perfect, uh, you can listen to episodes 35 and 40. I think you sh- everybody who's in the tournament uh, needs to hit hit those episodes. Um, you know, bosses are something, obviously, you have to get through in every single race. So, you know, unless you're playing Triforce Hunt, and that's not part of the tournament. So, um, but yeah, like the, there was a lot of really good, useful information. I learned a couple things from those episodes as well. And so, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't really have a, um, a specific outline. You know, it's going to be super fast to go through a lot of these. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of going to be more like questions, you know, taking. I feel like it's going to be a lot of taking questions like, you know, what do you want to know about a strategy for, you know, XYZ equipment? But um, can you damage this boss with this? Or like, what if you had this and this, which one would you use? Yeah. Like, Those are que- the kind of questions I would imagine. Clearly, the most ideal way to kill Armos Knights is with the boomerang. So that's. Boomerang. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. We'll do that. Um, that's a joke for, for the noobs. <laughs> uh, new, new, new people, I guess I should say. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, we'll, um, we'll, we'll go through it all. Yeah, that's going to be a really good one, too. And like with um, P-Train and Espeon, you know, we've been working on outlines and I've, I want to get a sense of like how much of their time they intend to spend on certain things and what they're going to go over. With bosses, I, I don't really need to see that also because I know Dante's going to do a great job uh, because it's like you just save in front of each boss door and you just change your equipment and then walk in and do it again and do it again and answer questions. So I think it, that's going to be a really good like show, you know, not as much of a tell. Uh, when Dante is kind of just like killing these bosses over and over with all different equipment, that's going to be another, I think, really valuable. I need to practice them anyway. So this will be (laughs) a reason to practice bosses some more. Very good. I love it. All right. uh, And then day four with Sailor Nap Plumaga. Tell us about what Sailor Nap's going to be going over. Yeah. So whereas Espeon and Dante are going to go through most of the dungeons, they're actually not going to do the end game. So this includes... GT, Agatu, 
and Ganon, which, you know, have their own set of tactics and routing and things you might want to uh, pick up and, and dive into, especially. So Nep's going to go over all of the end game content um, in, in her day. Yeah. Ganon's Tower, Big Key Hunt, the Ganon's Tower Climb, including the Gauntlet, Agatu and Ganon. I think there's a, a feast of information to be had between all four of those segments of the game. And it's something that you're going to encounter in every single seed if you plan on finishing. So this is another one that's going to be super valuable. GT often decides games. You can oh, yeah. see people coming in at the same time or going up the climb at the same time. And one person just crushes the gauntlet or crushes Lanmo 2. Or, you know, and the other person maybe struggles a little bit, and that decides the game. So it's great to practice that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And then day five, we're doing something a little bit different. Tell us about this one. This one I'm really looking forward to also. Uh, so CJ and Leoria, one of our racers in the, in the kickoff, uh, they're going to be doing a mock mentor race. And so I think it's actually going to be Leoria mentoring CJ and just kind of putting her to the test. And it's really a way to show... Uh, the racers and the mentors kind of what to expect in this back and forth that you're communicating with each other uh, during a mentor race. Um, examples of good mentoring, right? I don't know if they'll do examples of bad mentoring. And it'll also be a good way to, uh, uh, you know, show off maybe some low percent strats if we uh, happen across a seed that uh, they can show off um, certain certain ways to teach uh, how to do some tricks live. Yeah, absolutely. I think that'll be Really informative, and, and like you said, it's almost it's almost kind of like a teaching day for the mentors as well. If you're someone who was a racer last year and you're unsure about best mentoring practices, uh, first of all, we do have a document to kind of help with that that I can link in the description, so check that out. But this would also be a great event for you to check out so you can hear a mentor mentoring and some of the things that you might want to throw out there and how to communicate and ask questions if you're a racer and all that good stuff. So that's going to be a good one, too. So that's Boots Camp. And again, all of these are going to YouTube the day after. Huge shout out to Zeitnix, our YouTube guru, um, who's who's already, you know, kind of agreed to getting these up the next day. So we're super appreciative of him for that. And uh, then after that, tournament gets started. We'll have our racers picked out. Uh, we'll be communicating with everyone on Discord. And then week one of Swiss will begin. Uh, and then I think best to just stay in the Discord for, for more communication because we could spend another 20 minutes talking about that, but we got, we got other stuff to get to. Um, and any final thoughts here? Yeah. Even if you don't get a chance to watch all of it or really any of one, you know, check out some of the, the artwork and the layout that LBT has put together for this. She's really done a great job, um, putting together a lot of assets for this tournament. So this is a kind of a preview of, uh, her talent, that uh, she's putting on display for the rest of the uh, the tournament here. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you, Lumaga, for for mentioning that. Uh, really excited about the production value of this. We've got you know custom title cards and layouts that uh, Lady Box Thief has put together for us. Um, so I think it's just going to be a great resource beyond even this mentor tournament. Just something to exist on YouTube that people can pass around. Like, hey, my boss execution sucks. Like, what do I do? Oh, Dante, uh, back in May of 2021, went through every single boss and killed them all with a bunch of different equipment you should you should watch this when you have the time like that can be shared you know for for quite a while is is sort of my hope so we're really like you know going all in on this and i'm really excited to to see how it turns out yeah same um i i'm looking forward to this mentor tournament um especially right we 
had it in the first uh, year 2019, and we learned a lot for 2020 to improve it and make it better. And we've learned things in 2020 that we're making it better here in 2021. We just described a bunch of this, but I'm excited also for the runners, uh, mostly because you form this group, right, out of the people you kind of grow up with in the community, right? So I've got friends from the 2019 tournament. I still race and hang out in various discords. And I know the people from 2020 also have formed some pretty close relationships. So, you know, I'm looking forward to see kind of what uh, friendships get formed here in 2021. The, the class of 2021. Exactly. The class of 2021. Love it. Uh, and then I guess my, my last thought here, um, I've been reading some of the comments that have come in on the async aptitude seeds that we put out. Um, it sounded like these were a little challenging uh, for maybe newer runners. Um, I, I swear, these were not plandos. <laughs> I can send you the screenshot of me DMing Sahabot that these were rolled randomly. So please send all your complaints to Sahabot, not to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and are people still playing those? Uh, honestly, I can't remember if the deadline was today or was it like the end of Boots Camp? Uh, deadline is uh, June 4th, end of Boots Camp, and I have the sheet right here. It looks like we've got 48 racers, 48 potential racers who have uh, completed at least one seed, and most of them have completed both. So we've got a lot of data points on you know how to start seeding people um, and pairing them up in the first round of Swiss. Okay. Good. Yeah, I just couldn't I couldn't remember if we were clear to talk about the acing seeds yet, but people are still playing them. So we'll have to wait until the next episode to really get into it. I, all I can say, uh, you know, in corroboration with Lumaga is I heard one of them was sort of mean. I won't even say which one. So there's still a little bit of, uh, um, you know, mystery there for those of you who are still working on playing it. And again, you know, it's not a huge deal. It just helps to give us a general idea of your skill level and you know the comment section especially really gives us an opportunity to look into like how do you feel like you did was this a good time for you do you have things you regret we always do in all seeds right but it just gives us a little bit of perspective into kind of like your thought process as a runner and make sure that we can seed you in a way where you're going to have more fun in the tournament and be matched up with people that are more your skill level so for sure um we're starting with a sword of this it's open assured and we've mentioned before or you've mentioned before on the podcast Sometimes the randomizer bites back when you start with equipment. So I hope this is not a sign of things to come. Ooh, good point. Yikes. We'll just have to see. Um, cool. Okay. And uh, other, you know, kind of quick things for um, GMP community updates that are not mentor tournament. Uh, I don't know, Lumaga, if you want to hang around for these. It should only take a second. Uh, no, actually, I'm going to go jump in this portal over here. Um, so if you want to join me in interview in a few uh, minutes, uh, I'd be happy to talk to you more. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, you're, you're totally welcome to if you want to take the portal um, over there. We will just wrap this okay. up real I'll quick. Okay, yeah, see ya. Um, let's just go through this real quick, guys. So uh, I did want to mention, uh, Kaysden sent me a message uh, uh, mentioning that uh, we could restream some Lightspeed races from the Async Lightspeed Tournament. Uh, Kaysden might even head that up and uh, get it going himself. Uh, but right now, of course, things are super busy with both Challenge Cup matches and Mentor Tournament matches. So um, just check it out. You know, uh, watch that Twitch space. Uh, if you um, see us going live, there's a good chance it's it's a Mentor Tournament thing or a Challenge Cup thing. But it might be Async Lightspeed, and I think that could be fun to watch too. So 
Uh, and then biweekly seeds. So unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to play this uh, key sanity, um, the, the key sanity that we put out last week. Um, mm-hmm. Anybody else get a chance? I bet Herf played. Absolutely not. Oh, well. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, uh, I didn't either. I've been nothing against it. Too yeah, busy. Just, yeah. Sadly. Exactly. Same. Yeah. Uh, so, but that's okay to everyone who did get a chance to play it. I hope, I hope it was a fun one. Um, and if this was like kind of you checking out keys and trying it out, I, I hope that it was uh, a fun experience. Episode 74, I think it makes a lot of sense for us to send out one of our mentor tournament group mode seeds. And that's that open so- sword assured. So it's open, but you start with a sword. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I am. I think that sounds right and fair to do that just to get people prepped and ready to see what they can expect so to speak yeah Yeah, and also kind of a practice almost you know a lot of people have said they wanted to share the results of the async um which Mm -hmm. we're kind of asking people not to do so that uh it's you know private essentially um Mm -hmm. so this would i think this would be a really nice alternative i'd like i'd like to see a lot of the new tournament racers playing this you know to kind of compare and contrast with other racers sure Mm mm-hmm cool all right well uh let's not keep lumaga waiting um who wants to lift the rock and we can go to interview world all right i'll pick the big boy up let's get ready to go all right i'm diving in all right so lumaga we are joining you now here in interview world thank you for waiting so patiently for us yeah thanks for joining me Thanks for getting so, it ready. It's it's nice and cozy. Usually, like oh, we yeah, have to deal with yeah, the I made mess some coffee and everything time. too. If you want some, I would love some coffee. Actually, I made it like four hours ago. It's cold. Oh, that's fine. It's I like it cold. I like cold coffee. Honestly, you know, it's better that way sometimes. Yeah. So, um, that's me sipping my coffee. Uh, so Lumaga, we have talked about you on this show a lot of times. Uh, you sent a fetch question many, many episodes ago, and then your name continually comes up as we talk about things like mentor tournament and grudge matches and the league and all kinds of other tournaments. Uh, you are someone who is very heavily involved in the community, and you've done a ton of work, you know, helping us out as you know, as a smaller, you know, the GMP kind of community. So. With that said, um, when it came time to invite someone on to talk about this topic, I think you were a really clear choice. Do you want to talk maybe a little bit about kind of like what you're here to talk about today? Yeah. So as you mentioned, um, I'm quite involved in a lot of the aspects of the Rando community, you know, different events and uh, especially in GMP, uh, trying to get the the, the biweekly seeds uh, restreamed and, and organized and all that. Um, but and I also have quite a quite a busy life as well, right? I've got um, a wife who I've been married to for 15 years. I've got a full-time uh, job, a career that I've been at uh, for a long time. Uh, and I have three kids. And so all of that keeps me busy as well. So I think what we're going to talk about here is, you know, trying to balance both a hobby like Randomizer and the involvement that I have in it and uh, my daily life, which, you know, I obviously can't neglect, uh, and it kind of comes first over rando. So how do you balance that? And how do you take time out of your busy schedule to put more stuff into your schedule? Yeah. 
Absolutely. And this is one that I've been looking forward to talking about for a long time. Also, maybe secretly dreading a little bit, <laughs> because I think we're going to get really real in this episode and talk about, you know, real life stuff. And sometimes that can be a little uncomfortable, um, especially when you're talking about you know, conflict and problems, which, you know, I think this episode is kind of about conflict. It's real life versus rando. Um, so I did want to real quick kind of level set and talk about how like being into rando can um, be a little different maybe than being into some other hobbies. They're just like small things that I think for me make it a lot different than other like video games or other hobbies that I've been into. First of all, if you're in this community and you're racing, uh, races take anywhere between like an hour and a half to three hours and you can't like get up like you're committed to being there. So it takes your time uh, in a way that's not like you have to give it your full attention if you're racing in the community and you're like in tournaments and things like that. Uh, and then you have people in this community from all over the globe. So it's like, uh, you know, it's not just like make, you know, scheduling something with someone down the street from you. It's like, you might have to match up with somebody in Europe if, and you're in America and try to try to make that work. So it makes times a little trickier to, to have these races. Um, and then also the thing I think that I bump up against the most is just like, when people ask me about this hobby and I try to explain it, it's hard to explain. It's very weird because there's a lot of these like very sophisticated ideas uh, wrapped up in this like cute little kids game, you know, so it's hard to even just like bring somebody into the world, you know, so it's it's just very different uh, being a part of the rando community and having that be a part of my life than, than any other hobby. And I just wanted to kind of quickly, you know, mention that because I think a lot of what we're going to say could apply to anything, you know, any other kind of hobby you have, but there are a few little things that make it kind of, kind of unique. Um, speaking of rando Lumaga, I did want to, this is something we do with all of our guests, but how did you even find out about rando and like, how did you, this start to become a part of your life? Yeah, so I occasionally travel for work, uh, or at least traveled for work, uh, you know, in previous years. And in 2017, uh, I was traveling to Nashville for like half the year, uh, from like the spring all the way to the end of the year. And a great city, by the way, shout outs to anybody uh, in Nashville, you got a great city. Um, but you get bored traveling by yourself. And, uh, you know, there's only so many times you can, you know, go sightseeing or whatever. So you get bored in your hotel room, and you got to find things to occupy your time. Um, around the end of my stay in September, October timeframe, I came across um, you know, the fall tournament. And I had seen ROM hacks before. I've actually done a little bit of uh, ROM hacking myself with uh, some NES games, but I had never seen anything like this, right? So it's, it's ROM hacking, it's competitive, right? There's a whole production around it. And um, I fell in love with just watching it like uh, night after night, there were Hour after hour, there were races going on, uh, so it was it, it was great to see something that I had experience with in the early '90s and wasn't really great at at the time anyway. Um, you know, come into this whole new form. Uh, so I tried to accede, you know, towards the end of the year that year. Uh, it probably took me over three three and a half hours, and I had a hard time beating Ganon even. Um, and, and I dabbled with it uh, until maybe the 2019 mentor tournament, which is when I really got involved in the community um, as a racer. And I've just been involved ever since, you know, started a league, uh, league team with a few of my uh, friends from that tournament and um, just kept on going from there. Nice. 
Um, so when you first got into Rando, you mentioned that like you were a fan of ALTTPR back in the day. Was part of the appeal for you the like randomness, like that element of it and, and like the logic and all of that? Or was it more just about like a new way to enjoy the game? Little of both. Uh, so obviously there's the nostalgia factor. And um, I played the heck out of this game when I was, uh, you know, a 9, 10, 11 year old in the early 90s. Um, but and I, I'm a fan of puzzles. I'm a fan of, you know, trying to, uh, you know, outwit uh, outwit uh, a puzzle in itself. Right. And then there's a little bit of a competitive aspect, which um, I thought was intriguing. Um, but the whole randomness was really interesting and the logic that went into it was uh, really cool. Uh, I had download, downloaded the source from one of the old randomizers before VTorp put it onto the web and um, tried to like figure out, okay, how is it actually putting this stuff together where you know you're going to run into the things you need? And um, yeah. just even from a technical perspective, that was really intriguing to me. So once you did get involved, like you said, kind of 2019 mentor tournament was what really kind of introduced you to the community. Um, since then, you've been involved as a volunteer with quite a few uh, sort of rando ventures, I guess, if you will. Could you give us kind of a brief listing of some of the things that you've been involved with uh, helping to put on? Yeah, of course. So obviously there was 2019. I was a participant in the mentor tournament Uh Tried out for the 2019 main tournament, didn't make it, uh, but I did the qualifiers. Uh, Challenge Cup, of course, I did. And then League Seasons 2 and 3, uh, after that, uh, I was a participant with uh, Zylo and uh, Verts. And uh, actually, for Season 3, it was Slowpoke. Uh, we were part of Grouchy Old Men. Then um, I started becoming more involved in kind of the admin side of things. 2020, I was one of the admins of the mentor tournament. Um, I became a crew moderator in League Season 3. Um, I am a main tournament uh, commentary moderator now, and somehow I'm an admin of the uh, uh, the Challenge Cup this year, and I'm helping put on the mentor tournament uh, this year again. So there's always like something in, you know, something in line for me to, to pick up, I guess, in the rando administration aspect of things. Uh, so that's that's a lot of stuff. And you did tell us you have a wife and three kids. So how 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 do you, how, <laughs> how do you do how, you know, like how? <laughs> uh, yeah, just like teach us, you know, like how how do you because I, I, I can play like maybe once a week. I'm a new father. Um, I have a full-time job. Uh, we're all going to talk a little bit about our life situations probably, but that's pretty much mine in a nutshell. And to be as involved as you are, like, I just can't imagine the amount of control I would have to have over my own daily schedule that I currently do not have. So like, is that it? Is it just like scheduling? What, what, what's your secret? So I guess there's, there's a couple maybe different things here. And, and if you asked, um, you know, a dozen people in our situations who our parents uh, and who have a, a job, you know, they'd probably give you a dozen different responses on how they balance their time, you know, but I think this, this topic speaks to a lot of people in our community. Cause you can, you know uh, you can, you know, just pick up on conversations like, Oh yeah, I'm busy with this or Hey, my, uh, my spouse is doing that or my, my SO or my kids or whatever. Um, and for me, right. You know, there, there's a lot of support 
in, you know, between me and my wife, right? Uh, she definitely supports me in this uh, hobby, but I've got to support her back, right? There's no um, like, hey, I'm going to race tonight and, you know, um, I'm going to race tomorrow night and the next night. And oh, by the <laughs> way, I've got to do this. Uh, so there's definitely like limits that I've got to impose on myself in yeah. how much I race. I, I told you, I gave you a breakdown of what I'm actually doing, but my my actual involvement um, you know, can, can vary. And between the admin side and the racer side, um, I, I'm not usually doing all of that at once. Uh, th this, sure. this past month or two was like uh, an exception, I think, where we had the main tournament starting, we had the challenge cup starting. Um, so I was a racer and part of the, uh, uh, you know, the crew behind the scenes. Um, but, uh, for a lot of this, I'm not obviously racing in the mentor tournament and I'm probably not racing a whole lot as it is these days because I am helping out on the admin side of things. Um, conversely, once these end, I'm probably going to start picking up, you know, some more uh, races. Like I've not yeah. done a single ladder race in in season seven. And I, I actually looked, I haven't done one since sometime in March, uh, which is fine. I was on a, like a six game losing streak at the end of that. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I, I definitely have like self-imposed uh, limits because I know if I go beyond a certain level of uh, involvement or, or play or, you know, indulging in this hobby, uh, something else has got to give. And, you know, with, with the the people who are dependent on me either at home or at work or clients or whatever, uh, I, I can't let Rando dominate my life. Mm -hmm. You mentioned something about, you know, when admin stuff kind of slows down, maybe you'll go back to racing more. So do you kind of have like, you know, in your schedule, there's slotted times for Rando and that could be adminning, you know, writing up a document or uh, working on a spreadsheet, or it could be racing or watching. Like, is it that general for you? Or do you have kind of different ways that you can do all of those? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think this work from home uh, gig for the past, uh, you know, 14, 15 months has been pretty good because if I needed to, you know, you know, jump on a Discord channel and, you know, do something, I can do that. Um, probably going to be a little bit different as uh, I transition back into going to work. But in a normal day, you know, um, when I'm done with work and, you know, then there's daily and weekly chores to take care of. Obviously, I've got uh, kids. Maybe I've got to help them with homework or um, they're going to soccer or whatever event they got. Uh, you know, my wife and I um, have things to uh, talk about or to do. And she's a, she's a teacher. She works in the schools. So she's like, um, you know, a, a bit more of a, uh, she'll turn in a, a bit earlier. Mm. And, um, so at, at that time at about like, you know, 10 o'clock at night, nine thirty at night, then I've got time to really indulge in whatever I, I need to do. Maybe I'll check out the 10 PM ladder race and, uh, sign up for that. Maybe I'll, uh, you know, uh, write up a document or in, in these cases, like, uh, for the mentor tournament, add something to like the, one of the spreadsheets that we have going to keep things on task, uh, or add people to the, the mentor role or the racer role or something like that. So I really have this limited window on a, on a typical day from like, I don't know, 10 PM to, to 1 AM to really get something done. And if I'm feeling adventurous, maybe I'll, I'll, you know, put it into a little bit later in the day, but I'm paying for it the next morning. Yeah, that is almost exactly my same situation where, you know, wife turns in around 10 or 1030. 
Um, baby is asleep usually by 8.30, and then I'll stay up until 12.30 or 1, and that's kind of like video game time, generally. Um, that's interesting. I've got like this kind of same situation. Dante, I would love to get a little bit of insight into you know how things work in your household and, and <laughs> your involvement and how you balance all that. Man, this is going to sound awful. Um, so usually, <laughs> I mean, my wife's very, very supportive of, of Rando. I mean, she does enjoy watching it um i uh I, what i try to do is like whenever i get uh in a tournament like for instance right now with the main uh when people ping me for scheduling it's like okay here's when i'm possibly available i just need to con- you know let me confirm the time with uh you know the other runner and then i'll say you know let me let me confirm here and then i'll get everything you know we, i can finalize it so to speak <clears throat> so you have to speak in generalities. Yeah, it's like I can do around this time. You know, ideally, I'd like yeah. this, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll, uh, you know, I'll go back to the wife and say, hey, this time, race, you good? And she'll say, yeah. And then there's been a couple times she's like, really? And I'm like, all right, well, we'll move it to another day. Um, <laughs> yeah, how much, like, pushback does it take for you to... It, sound, it sounds like not a lot. Like, if, if it's going to put a little strain on the family, then you'll... You'll go back and figure out something else. Would you say that's accurate? Uh, yeah, that, that's the thing. I don't get a lot of pushback. Um, that's probably unhealthy, but I, I, <laughs> I, I, I just, I mean, she, you know, I'll be honest. It's like a lot of times, hey, are you good if I race right here? And most times, I mean, I, I won't lie, like probably 75 to 80% of the time, at least, it's like, yeah, that, that should work. Um, you know, obviously going into this, it's like, okay. Every time there's a like a big tournament or league, it's like okay, here's what my expectations are. Are you good if I enter this? Um, th- there has been, I, I, as far as volunteering for things, uh, I mean, obviously my commentary uh, applications have been very limited. Uh, you know, and and God knows yeah. no one wants me to track. So uh, that's that's <laughs> another story, but I haven't done that anywhere near as much, and it's not not because I don't want to do it. I mean, I have fun doing those, but you know, I, I'm committing, you know, hour and a half, two hours you might, with delay. You might as well say at least two hours to right. uh, race prep and actually racing. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot tougher. Uh, you know, you can't just, you know, 2018, we didn't have a kid. I was, you know, able to just kind of do whatever she could watch the race. If I was commentating it, she could watch my race. If I was racing in it or, you know, that Rando's usually on one of the TVs in, in my house, uh, even mm. if we're doing something else. But, uh, and that's, I think that's a, a, you know, good in a way for me because, you know, she supports it, you know, to an extent, obviously there, there are limits, but like, I, you know, I got to have the TV on when I'm going to sleep. Uh, I'm one of those people, but I can't have Rando mm. on because, you know, <laughs> uh, that'll, that'll get too invested. Oh, I thought that I'll get too invested, but sometimes the commentators, you know, will, wake the house up so to speak uh and that's like the one thing that like will wake her up so it's like okay can't do that and that's fine because it helps me go to sleep because i will like you said i will get a little vested but um you know ladder is another thing like i especially right now i can't do a ton of it because uh you know work being one thing and i, I say this as i played one <laughs> during work yesterday but it was a sl- it was a slow <laughs> morning uh, it was a slow morning, so I was able to, you know, make that work. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, if you see any of my ladder streams during the day, it'll be like, 
expect work pings and you'll hear windows noises a lot during mm-hmm. those and uh, constantly I'm looking like okay let's see if that's something I need to handle like right this second because if it is I'm gonna forfeit and that's usually you know what I have to do but I've actually only had to do that I think maybe one time uh, if mm-hmm. if any but um, I've definitely took taken a phone call or two for work uh, during a race and I wouldn't say that's something everybody should do I just think that <laughs> I'm blessed with um, the ability to do that, the whole work from home gig, like Lumago was talking about, uh, I've been doing that since I took the job I'm in in tw- uh, at in 2012. So uh, working from home's mostly nice. I, I do have to go out for service calls, but usually, unless it's like a 911 type deal, I can or an emergency, uh, for better phrasing, you know, I could kind of like okay i've got 20 minutes left in this seed i can put this off and literally as soon as the credits start i have to change clothes and like yeah. walk out the door um wow. but like right now i just got a notification that the internet went down at our home office like it's great but that's that's fine because <laughs> no one's there uh <laughs> but you know I, I also have to deal with that on the weekend so um instead of like actually i guess some of the things i have to do on the weekend my boss tells me to look at it like you know, if you need to do something or you want to do something while things are slow during the week, feel free um, because we do have to work it's nights. It's like the trade-off. Yeah, it's the trade-off because, you know, we're both salary and I, I don't get overtime. Uh, there's been, you know, a couple Saturdays and Sundays where I basically had to work all day and I was like, this sucks. But, you know, obviously job's going to come first. Uh, family's going to come first. And, I, I, you know, I'm just kind of thankful that you know, my wife supports the hobby. If she didn't, um, you know, then I, I, I probably wouldn't be doing anywhere near as much as I am. But, you know, I, I, I envy being able to enter every ladder race and, you know, do like, you know, do as many as possible and yeah. compete for like the title uh, for a season. But I, I feel like I'm never unless I just go undefeated and everybody else, you know, kind of goes 50, 50. I, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to play enough quantity to ever, yeah. you know, really hit that. And and that's fine. I think that's a good trade off. Yeah. I'm just imagining you like working on a Saturday, just like under your breath being like, I'm going to play so much rando during work. <laughs> that's like, that's the trade off. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's totally what I say. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, like I've, I've got, you know, I do have multiple hobbies and, you know, not just with rando. I mean, I, I do play dance games. You know, I've talked about that a lot here. I try to only commit yeah. maybe two day, two evenings a week to that. And um, then there's, you know, I go to the gym, but luckily that's kind of like, hey, I'm going out for lunch, quote unquote, my lunch hour. I'll just go hit the gym, do what I need to do, get back and, uh, you know, get back to work until five o'clock, so to speak, as long as there's nothing ongoing. So what I'm kind of hearing in common between Dante and Lumaga is like they're both grown men who have responsibilities. And it's like as long as you make sure that you are showing up and, you know, taking care of those responsibilities, there are ways that you can kind of sneak in moments to be able to play rando kind of on your own terms once all of your other needs and the rest of your life are kind of met. Um so I, I and I think a big part of this is like expectations. Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't know if it's a common term. I've only heard it in the corporate world. There's this concept of green chips and red chips, um, and you know, red chips are like 
you know, you get one every time you do something bad and a green chip is like every time you do something good. And they're, they're metaphorical. It's not literal, mm-hmm. you know, like poker chips. I was getting um, hungry. But the, talking about chips. <laughs> no, <laughs> green chips. Mm. Yeah. Like uh, guac flavored chips. But <laughs> yeah. you know, the idea is as you do good things, like, you know, there's a little bit more leeway that's given to you or there's a little bit, you know, um, more that will be like forgiven, like, uh, or Hey, you, that flexibility, uh, that you might need might be there. Cause Hey, you've taken one for the team or you've done something above and beyond. Right. And, and this is all like the, the corporate, uh, stuff that I've heard in, in my career. Um, mm-hmm. but then if you do something like poorly or bad or hey, your reputation takes a hit, it's like you get one of these metaphorical red chips and, you know, you, you can't like turn in red chips to get a favor. You turn in the green chips to get a favor. And, you know, that's, that's kind of like what I think you're hitting on is there's expectations. There's, you got to make sure that, you know, the, the base expectations are met with your responsibilities. Um, and then you can, uh, have a little bit more like, I don't know, leeway or ways to, uh, to play, uh, Dante. Yeah. Or, yeah. I did want to ask something you mentioned, Rando is like on a TV and in your house or a screen in your house. Uh, does your wife get into Rando or does she just kind of like passively support it and not really involved in, in watching or anything? She knows enough um, at this point to she's never finished a seed. We tried sitting down one time before the baby was born and let her play one. And uh, I think at about the hour and a half mark, we had one crystal and um uh, it, we kind of abandoned that for now. So uh, we're really having fun with it anymore. I mean, it was just kind of like we had other. There were other things that we needed to do uh, that evening, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we didn't expect to beat the whole thing. But you know, it was also kind of a terrible seed. Like I think it was something. Like I, I went through and played a little bit of it after, and I think it was like a required swordless blind fight or something. And it was kind of dumb. I was like, that's that's great, um, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, obviously it's hard to you know, vet out, uh, you know, a seed for a beginner, uh, as we've, we've talked about, but yeah, like usually she knows enough to know what's going on. She could probably watch a race and be like, okay, well this person's doing this. And then it may take her a second, but she's like, I guess they're doing this because X, Y, Z. And then I'm like, yeah, that's probably their mindset. Um, you know, there's been a couple times where I made a dumb play in a race. She's on the opposite end of the house. And after the race, she was like, why did you try that? Like that was so I was like, yeah, I just felt behind. So I did it and it didn't work out. So that was that was that. And it was kind of like it's kind of like going and talking to a coach almost like, why why would you do something so outlandish? And it's like, you know, I, I made a I made a gut decision. It was bad. <laughs> um, that's I, that's not something I can relate to because my wife does not give a shit about ALTPR <laughs> at all beyond like me liking it. Like she likes she understands how important it is to me and, and likes that it makes me happy usually except for sometimes when it makes me mad or sad uh but like the game itself like we've tried a little bit i've tried to be like yeah so you know you start with this and you can go here and here and it's kind of like gambling a little bit and she like she's just not it's just not something that she's interested yeah. in. we we have a lot of other shared interests which is great but this this is not one of them for us that's, and i think that makes it difficult you know yeah and that's fair um I mean, conversely, it's like my wife doesn't play dance games, really. She she has, but mm-hmm. she enjoys, when we were dating, she enjoyed going to tournaments with me. She enjoyed, you know, watching watching me play. Like, usually, um, if I'm streaming dance games, uh, it, it's that's what's on the TV in the house because 
uh, my kid is obsessed with like the music and the, uh. and like she she like just dances around kind of like jumping up and down to the to the game or whatever, which is good because as long as she's interested in it, then you know I can continue you know that hobby. Obviously, whenever <clears throat> she's getting mobile, so I, I'm I'm waiting for the all right. We gotta I gotta reel in things some more. Um, and it's kind of I mean I'm a big kid. I, I won't. It, this this just sounds like my life's great, and I'm sorry if, if it comes across <laughs> that way. It, it, I mean, we have we definitely Don't have our challenges. Don't apologize for having a great life. <laughs> I mean, we have we have our challenges, and um, you know, whenever that that's around, it's like, you know, just either work through it, work around it, do what you got to do, and you know, hobbies can come back later. I mean, I've taken, <clears throat> I've had people ask me like, you know, I I went probably a month and a half one time last year not playing any rando and uh somebody was like how, how do you take a break that long and i'm like well i got stuff i gotta do man like that's mm-hmm. that's just how it goes it's like i'm not mad at anybody I, it's not that i don't want to be involved in the community uh it's not that i don't want to race i just i've got things that i i have to take care of and you know it's a a matter of knowing your limitations and like honestly even if i was a single guy living at home no kids uh and playing uh, the way I am mentally, I, I'd love to do as many ladder races as possible, like I was saying, but mentally, I don't know if I could just because eventually if I start doing the exact same thing over and over and over, I end up burning myself out. Um, you know, some people may say, well, that's, that's a lie. If you watch dance games, cause I'll play the same song trying to grind out a score, but it is hard for me to do that multiple days if that makes a little yeah. more sense. Like I can be in a, like a oh, yeah. focused it's situation totally for like a couple hours. But then after that, <clears throat> I can't just keep going back to that. Uh, so that, that's just kind of how I'm wired. But but yeah, like uh, it's it's a matter of what's important to you. And yeah. hopefully that's, you know, if you have a job, that's your job. If you have a family, your family comes in there too. Uh, obviously, you know, depending on what you value. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong to say your job's more important than your family. I think family's more important, but, um, you know, everyone has their own priorities in that regard. And I'm not really going to judge anyone for that, but anything IRL, I think comes over the whole gaming hobbies at any given point in time. Uh, you know, unless that's, unless that's your exact, like your main source of income, we'll say, you know, then that kind of goes into the job category. But most of us, talking about rando here you know especially all four of us we're, we're not you know full-time streamers so that that doesn't apply to us four <laughs> right well i think that's a really good uh, transition into talking about like why is this important because i i think you know when we initially st- were kind of brainstorming having an episode like this it's like i don't know if there's a whole lot to talk about because it's like oh if playing too much rando is giving you problems in real life just play less rando idiot like it's super obvious right but right. I, I think that's maybe a little reductive because there are a lot of really good reasons to stay involved in the community and to want to play the game. And so I kind of wanted to explore that a little bit. Like, why why is it important to us to play this game on a regular basis and to be involved and to not, you know, disappear for a month and a half? Or is that okay? You know, in Dante's case, he did that and it was totally fine and came back and felt refreshed and... There was no problems. You just got things done, you know. So I, I did want to explore that. And I have some thoughts. But first, you know, I want to open up to, to everyone. What is it about this game that makes you want to stay involved and, and kind of fight for it within your life? 
All right. Not, um, a, you know, not everybody at one time. <laughs> I would also love to hear from Herf, and because I know, like we all know, he Herf said many times, like he's he's got the bachelor lifestyle. He lives alone. He can he has a lot of time for this. <laughs> I, what are his, you as you listen to all of us talking about our like girl problems? Essentially, like what are uh, what are you thinking? I mean, I totally understand it, and I can relate in a way. But on the other hand, I'm I feel like it's obviously totally like the odd one out in more than one ways. First of all, because as we were saying. I'm I'm single. I'm not responsible for anyone except for myself and my apartment. And I could theoretically invest as much time into Rando as I want to. The the second way I kind of feel like the odd one out is that I just don't have that problem because my involvement with Rando has gone down so much over the years. Yeah. I uh, I still enjoy the community aspect a lot because as we will be talking about in a little bit here, um I've I've made a lot of friends over the years and I'm still involved in things here or there uh, like the ladder and stuff like that but uh, other than that I just don't have that problem where I'm like all right I want to race so now I need to make time for like two or three hours mm-hmm. uh, in one you know big chunk where I can't plan anything else or do anything else I I, I don't really it's kind of hard for me to relate in that way because I just don't really play that much rando anymore yeah well, I think you've hit upon one of the main points that I know I would like to make sure that we make, which is that, like, it's easy to say this is just a game, but it's a lot more than that. And I think anyone who is a part of the community definitely understands that. There's a lot of really cool people in this community, and I've made real friends. Like, one thing, you know, even though my wife's not into ALTTPR, sometimes, you know, I can tell her, like, oh, Herf said something really funny today. And she knows who Herf is. Like, she's never met him, but she knows that's a real person in my life that I value as a friend. And that is true for a lot of people in this community. So it's easy to be like, oh, just don't play the game as much anymore. But then that's also like, don't interact with these friends that you have as much anymore. And that's, that's where I maybe kind of, I will fight for that. You know, I want to carve out time for uh, my friends and to spend time with them and, to you know, engage in this hobby that we share. So that's, it's not something to be just kind of like dismissed. It's, it's, it's totally valid in my opinion. Yeah. I think that's also where like the biggest difference is between you guys and me, so to speak, because, you know, my, like disregarding stuff, like I also have a full-time job, so we all work our whatever, 40, 50, whatever hours each week. And we have to do chores and, you know, go grocery shopping, make sure our apartments or our houses aren't a huge pile of mess and that the laundry is done, whatever, all these responsibilities, but just disregarding all that. When I have free time after like right now with the home office stuff and working from home, like when I close my laptop and I sign out from work and I'm done for the day, my free time is spent either playing a video game that I currently want to play or hanging out on discord because that's kind of where my social interactions are at the moment. I do, you know, go see friends here and there whenever the opportunity arises or something comes up or there's like a birthday, whatever. But other than that, my my social life and my private life kind of happens on Discord. And I just happen to be on mostly rando discords, I guess. <laughs> so that's kind of, you know, where where the difference comes in, I think, because once you guys are done with your jobs... You have all these other chores that I was mentioning earlier that you need to take care of, but you also have a wife and up to three kids <laughs> that might need your attention for one thing or the other, or that you just, you know, want to give attention to. It's not even that you're only, you know, there 
when they want it, you obviously want to spend time with your family as well. Yeah. I think another thing about this community is we hear each other's voices a lot, you know, through commentary and in interviews after races. And mm -hmm. um, I think that, you know, that has not been my experience with a ton of other games I've played. Every, people just feel more like people when you have a voice that's added, you know, or, you know, you see a webcam shot of them. Like, you know, now you know what they look like. It's it feels a lot more real than just like, oh, my fake Internet friends. Um, no, like I, I know who these people are, you know, that it carries a lot more. Yeah. Just talking on Discord is very impersonal, right? It's like text messaging yeah. versus phone, a phone call, right? There's some actual human connection that you make. And I, I completely uh, agree with you, Tim, that there's a lot of, you know, strong relationships that can get formed in this community. Um, you know, I've, I've made some uh, going back to the, uh, the first mentor tournament, and I've made a, a real good friend uh, since the last mentor tournament. Um, and uh, it, it's really important to to have that if, uh, you know, especially in the, in the past uh, year when you haven't been able to do as much of this interaction, this has become kind of like the way you satisfy, you scratch that itch, that social itch, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. This is only kind of tangentially related, I guess, but I think it, it kind of fits because this reminds me a lot, and I'm thinking back to SGL specifically when a lot of us, you know, kind of met in real life for the yeah. first time, including a lot of the friends group that I hung out with there and stuff. And it, it made me think back then, and it makes me think back now to my very early, like, Quake 2 competitive days when I was, like, 17 or something, 16, 17, maybe 18. And uh, we were going to something that still used to be extremely popular at that time, which were huge LAN parties. Oh, man. Uh, for people who might be too young to know what this is, it's when a bunch of old people pack up their computers and their old, really heavy CRT monitors and drive somewhere to meet up in like a, I don't know, conference center or something. And it's like 200 or 300 people all connecting their computers over a local area network and just playing games. And I don't know, I think this was also the first time in my whole life where I ever like illegally downloaded a movie from someone else's <laughs> hard drive and watched it on my computer monitor. And it blew my mind that something like that was even possible. Wow. But what I was getting at is, if you were looking at the car that I was driving in to that place with the people that I, especially that I was driving with, you know, I'm like a 16, 17 year old nerd, kind of spindly, thin, tall dude. The guy that picked me up is like a five foot metal head and like leather pants with cowboy boots and long hair and a beard. <laughs> and the guy that we picked up uh, to, to take with us is like a, 25 year old you know like ghetto kid with a baseball cap on backwards and like a big puffy jacket and stuff and i'm like you know these people would never in their lifetime hang out together if it wasn't for this game yeah that we all share an interest in and it's kind of the same for rando like if you looked at all the friends groups and all the people that hang out in sgl or at gdq or wherever you know the rando community comes together sometimes it's just such a funny juxtaposition of people where you're like these two guys would never share a word together ever if they hadn't met through rando that's so true but don't you also feel like that shared interest in rando like it tells you a thing about a person that you know you're going to get along with them on some level 
Like I, you know, we all have our preferences in terms of who we hang out with and, or there's maybe people that rub us the wrong way. But if I know that someone like understands like the locations of items and where they are and, and <laughs> like, you know, like suddenly yeah. things have unlocked, like we can have a real conversation now. Yeah. You know, I think I know what you're getting at and I agree to an extent. I don't think that's exclusive to Rando maybe, but yeah, yeah you know, you have like a, a common basis, like a, it's like you're speaking a common language together where you can connect. And then from there, it kind of just grows. Or maybe if you don't like the person, it doesn't. But mm -hmm. at least you can have like a conversation about something that you both have a knowledge of some sort about. It's not just going to be like awkward, small talk where, you know, you run out of stuff to say after three sentences. Yeah, because I've met a lot of percussionists that I hate. You know, and, and like yeah. it's not the same for that. I don't know. It's it's a little different. I think it's it's kind of a thin you know basis to to form your relationship on, but it works and it helps you to kind of explore other things that you might have in common or things that you might uh, want to talk about. Um, but it's it's like you know having a crush when you're uh, when you're a teenager. It's like yeah, this girl's pretty or yeah, this boy is attractive or something. Um, but you know, once you get to know them, it's like, okay, you have nothing in common other than, mm -hmm. Hey, you thought each other were cute, but for, for Rando, like if you, uh, you, you can't form your entire relationship on just, uh, your friendship rather on, on just like, uh, Hey, what'd you think of that, uh, left side swamp play or something? <laughs> um, but that's, that is a starting point and that yeah. leads to other things like, uh, the, the connections that we're having. Um, like I'm actually, uh, you know, I'm hugely excited to go meet some people at like uh, SGL or AGDQ, whatever the next one in person is going to be, um, because we've been able to talk about more or build more on that. So there are some like, you know, true, genuine connections that, uh, that get made, but you can't just talk about Rando all the time. That's pretty thin. Right. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, the kind of person who's into rando, like that says something about like their thought process or what they think is important or interesting. That to me is it's more than just like a shared interest. It's like we have a shared way of thinking about things almost a little bit. But you're right. I'm sure, you know, after you scratch a little more than surface level, it, it, it probably falls apart a little bit and it becomes more about people and who's, you know, who you're going to get along with. But it, it definitely helps. Um, going I, going back to one yeah. of the other reasons, like you really want to play this game. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm an old man at this point. My my best days athletically are behind me, so I can't you know compete in uh, like a pickup basketball game anymore with with my neighbors or something. Um, and even you know, I, I've strapped on ice skates uh, and, and got a got a stick and played some hockey with my kid, and uh, he's you know, definitely on track to be some sort of an athlete, but uh, I, I can't do that anymore. Um, nice. So I, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, let me see how I want to put this. I'm not going to be, uh, you know, blowing anybody away by what I can do in, you know, on the field or, or whatever. But mm -hmm. I have something that I can play um, that I can be good at it, it sometimes. And there's this thrill of victory when I when I actually do win, and there is some disappointment in uh, you know defeat, and there's some anxiety going into a big match, and you know there's this competition that you know is is innate in a lot of people. This competition, uh, the feeling, and 
you know, if you're not going to do it in one way, you're going to find some other way to to compete. Like there's there's yeah. even competitive Sudoku, which I found out recently. Oh, wow. And, uh, it, yeah. And so <laughs> some people enjoy just the mental aspect of it. And that's where they feel like, uh, you know, they have a chance to win and everyone loves to win. But, you know, competition is part of that. That's a that's a real emotional thing that some people get. Yeah. Absolutely. Very, very astute. It's, yeah, uh, you don't get to compete very often. It's just like a regular adult, you know, and this kind of gives us an opportunity to improve uh, and to kind of see how you stack up against somebody and something that's, you know, uh, not important in everyday life by any stretch of the imagination. But like you said, those emotions are real. Uh, and I think when you're an adult, it gets harder and harder to find like genuine emotion, you know, things that give you like genuine joy or a rush or a thrill, like you said, like a competitive kind of drive, you know, and, and to satisfy that is, is not, not so easy. Um, and rando is an outlet for that. Absolutely. Um, so this might be a good time. One thing I wanted to make sure that we did is maybe there are folks who decided to listen to this episode because they are maybe kind of struggling with this rando life balance. Maybe they're having a hard time getting folks in their life to kind of understand the, you know, why they care about this game so much. And hopefully some of the things we've talked about will help them to articulate that. But um, do we maybe want to go around and talk about some tips uh, to kind of help strike a good rando life balance that we have discovered and learned over time trying to navigate our own lives? Uh, so I'll, sure. I'll go first here. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. So first is be open with, you know, with your significant other about what is actually like uh, your intent or your plan. Um, if I wanted to do like full-time racing and streaming, obviously we'd have a huge conversation and I couldn't, you know, just unilaterally decide that. Um, but even on a smaller scale, like days that, that I'm planning on racing, I, I'd give her a heads up and I, I got to make sure that she's on board with it. We're not doing anything important. We've talked about this, but let, let me give you a, a, a quick story. Um, recently in the Challenge Cup, uh, we we talked a little bit about how it's difficult to schedule races with you know the European crowd. Um, so there's a six hour difference between Eastern and Central uh, European time. So I I was matched up against Nobly, who is uh, European, um, and uh, we were having a kind of a tough time figuring out when we were going to actually race, and we were running low on time. Right, they had to be done by. Uh, that Sunday, uh, the Challenge Cup uh, group stage was going to end that Sunday, and it was already Wednesday. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to you know get right off work, and at you know five o'clock we're going to race, and you know I'm, I got to tell my wife like, hey, I know you know I don't normally do this, but here's the situation. You know she was okay with it. I don't do this very often, and then nobly and I had scheduled games two and three if necessary. For that Sunday, it's like, okay, I've got plans this weekend. I'm going to, you know, be doing work on the house on Saturday and okay, Sunday, we're going to, we're going to finish this out. Sunday was mother's day and it's like, oh, oh. shoot, I can't do this. No, <laughs> um, I felt kind of like a fool, like uh, just scheduling it and thinking everything would be hunky dory. Um, but, uh, you know, I, first of all, I told my, I told nobly, I can't do it. And I said, hey, mm. I'll, I'm going to cut my plans on Saturday. We'll we'll figure it out on Saturday. Um, but then I told my wife and she was like, I really wouldn't have cared if, if he did that. That would have been fine. <laughs> and I was like, 
well, that's cool, but I didn't want to be a jerk and just unilaterally decide that. So yeah. uh, being open about things, I think, is the, the foundation of it. Yeah, I had almost the exact same thing happen with scheduling a match on Mother's Day. It was really tough uh, because our anniversary is April 20th. My wife's birthday is April 26th. And then Mother's Day was like the next weekend, I think. So we had kind of three occasions to celebrate my wife. And they were all like right during the Challenge Cup. And, uh, you know, that was two, sometimes three matches per week. And a lot of them wanted to fall on those days. And and Mother's Day was one that couldn't be avoided. I was just glad it didn't turn into a doubleheader because that would have been really bad. But, um, yeah, it is terrible timing for me. And I did – I mentioned in the last episode that, you know, I dropped out of the Challenge Cup and I was going to talk about why. Uh, This is part of it. I mean, it really is kind of of that simple. I'm at the point where I can do maybe one seed a week. And it really is like – the cost is heavy. Because when I'm home, you say it's like a Saturday afternoon, that that's a good time for me to play. Uh, And I, you know, tell my wife I want to do a seed and she agrees. I could hear the baby like screaming the whole time while I'm doing the seed, you know, like it's the the cost is heavy. Like I'm feeling the pressure of not being with the family to help while I'm playing a lot of the time. So um, right now, while the baby is, is as young as she is, she's almost four months now. Um, it's just like I've had to scale back my rando a little bit, but I've also been able to stay involved. You know, I'm also fortunate to have a job where I'm able to kind of be on discord a little bit throughout the day and chat with folks there. And of course, you know, there's the mentor tournament that we're running that keeps me very involved and active, you know, on my phone a little bit throughout the day and stuff like that. Um, if I had any advice, you know, to, to kind of help, I, I think, for me, what has helped a lot is trying to get my wife to understand a lot of the things that we've talked about, like in the last hour or so that like, it, yes, it's a game. And that's something we struggle with. She was like, it's just a video game. Like, why is it so important to you? So helping her understand why it was important to me and, um, you know, even like showing her the podcast and showing her like people actually listen to this. Like, it's not just me just like, you know, goofing around like there's this is a community and there are people who I like to communicate with and stay in touch with. And honestly, part of that involves like kind of keeping up with the game so we can have something to talk about and I can kind of be on top of it. So that that's my main advice. And the main like takeaway uh, that I would kind of give to people is, you know, just help help your family and your friends and your folks or partner or whatever, just kind of help them understand why you love it so much. And I think that will go a long way to helping them accept it as a part of your life. Yeah. I think another thing kind of to add, uh, as far as like not wanting, you know, we talked about the balance portion and when, when you start to feel like it's a chore, if any hobby ever feels like a chore, I think that's when it's time to take a, a minor step back. Maybe you need a major step back. We've seen some people do that, uh, take time off from from rando and probably other hobbies we're all involved in. But my, my whole thought is, um, you know, may, maybe you've got, maybe you're, you know, single, you got a ton of time, and you do whatever you want. Well, maybe rando's also, I mean, for lack of better phrasing, just pissing you off the whole time because... You know, you, you, you aren't getting the results that you desire and, um, you know, it's, it's getting under your skin. Uh, there's, I think there's a lot of times, or maybe the community is just as a whole, like getting on your nerves and it didn't used to, uh, I think there's a lot of value in taking a minor step back. Like, don't feel like you have to 
do every single thing, if that's a good way yeah. to put it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, because just because you maybe don't go above and beyond to help people, uh, you know, that sounds kind of bad coming from a, a teaching podcast, but um, <laughs> if you if you keep going above and beyond, eventually I think that'll catch up with you, and uh, eventually at some point you're going to feel very strained. Uh, I think at that point, that's when you take a little step back and you don't have a I don't care attitude, but you kind of adopt a nice, happy median between the I don't care and the I'm going to do everything for everybody. And yeah, you, you help when you can, uh, you know, or you play when you can. Uh, but at the same time, you also have to kind of look out for yourself. So. Is there something you, you know, go for a walk. Is there something you want, like another game you want to play? Herf plays so much more than just rando. Um, I, you know, I've been talking, I'm plugging it again. I've been talking about playing the Doom Eternal DLC. My computer's still been doing stupid crap. So I haven't done it yet. Well, you know, I'm thinking whenever I'm out of the tournament, that's probably going to be a good time to take, uh, you know, a minor step back, not like a full on break, but not play as much rando and, have some fun doing some other things, you know, a lot that rando time somewhere else if possible. And, uh, you know, just feel refreshed whenever I want to, you know, get back heavy into the hobby, so to speak. But, uh, if you start to feel obligated to do something, that's when I, I do feel like a lot of the, the joy in it goes away, so to speak, if that makes sense. Yeah. We've talked a lot about like external factors in rando life balance, but I think you bring up a really good point. Sometimes it's not about like not having enough time. It's about like how how much is enough for you and like what is a healthy amount and are you really still enjoying it and and taking a second to be introspective and and you know step back if needed. I think that's really good advice. Yeah, it's like it's, it's just the whole mental health thing with a with a rando yeah. spin, I guess is a good way to put it. But, uh, you know, I mean, we've been we've been talking about like, you know, what do you do? Like, this is what we do with our families. This is what we do with our our jobs, you know, and uh, there are I mean, I'll admit there's probably going to be some people in the community that maybe are younger, don't have a job, uh, don't have families or, you know, maybe aren't as fortunate right now. And with with, with the way the world is uh, to have that, you know, uh, commodity. And yeah, they're still kind of like well randos you know ticking me off a lot and and that's that's kind of where you got to think of it from a mental health aspect too i think yeah all right so i wanted to finish this off uh by sharing a couple of stories from some of our twitch subscribers we asked them to write in and tell us about a time when uh rando stood in the way of real life or real life stood in the way of rando um or or like a, a time when they maybe collided in some way um, so the first one that we're going to share here is from Krellbell. Krellbell said, my very first multi-world happened to be during the 2020 California wildfires, and my power went out in the middle of the game. Fortunately, I was playing on a laptop, so after a few minutes of switching over to cell phone tethering and figuring out how to play rando without my two external monitors, I got to finish out the game while hunched over my laptop in the dark. So this is a more extreme, uh, immediate kind of example of rando wow. and real life kind of colliding, like in the <laughs> moment itself, um, yep. which is, makes for a great story. And uh, pretty impressive that uh, Krellbell managed to finish out that multi-world, even with no power like that. Yeah. And, you know, fires barreling down the uh, the countryside towards, uh, you know, the, the populous areas. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know how the multi-world went, but I'm glad he's okay. 
<laughs> yeah, it shows yeah, some real at dedication. At that point, you know, you really got to ask yourself, am I striking the correct Randall <laughs> life balance while my house might be burning down in a minute? Hey, as someone who played through an earthquake once, I can definitely relate to where, where Krellbell's coming from. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to see it through, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, Sure. And then we had uh, another one from Jossum Sauce we'll read here. Uh, he said, here's one that Dante and Tim can look forward to. I was about 45 minutes into a ladder race when my three-year-old came in, walked over to the desk, and pressed the computer power button. Even if I was able to boot it back up quick and continue, I hadn't saved and quit for half the seat at that point. Um, that's got to be tough. I I think I would be... I would probably get pretty tilted, but then like, you know, you see your cute little kid and you're like, oh, I can't stay mad at you. But, um, have, have any of you ever had, you know, as the, to the other fathers on the podcast, have you ever had to like quit a seed due to a child issue? A yeah, casual one. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's same with me. It was, it was casual. Um, I, I was playing with a, a few people and we were on voice chat actually. And I, I, heard my kid upstairs one of my kids like walking around you know it, they should have been asleep and it's like okay what are they doing okay they like ran to the bathroom okay now i hear something else and i hear my wife you know <laughs> calling for me and it's like all right i i, I gotta stop so I, I take my headphones off i had just beaten mothula um the prize was just sitting in the middle of the room uh and i, I left my stream on <laughs> while i was taking care of the kid uh with my wife and cleaning things up but like everyone was like Okay, I wonder where he went. He went silent. His stream's still going. He's not doing anything. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it, it was. Uh, it wasn't in a an actual competitive race. Uh, but uh, I, I expect something like that to happen at some point. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had to quit one in the middle yet. But like I said, sometimes you know I'll hear the baby crying, and it's like maybe I should like to, I, she said she had it like but maybe she needs help I don't know so it hasn't gotten to the point where I've quit in the middle of one but I'm prepared to do that if that's you know if it happens Um, so I think honestly like I could talk about this for another hour and a half maybe maybe this is something we should revisit in the future but for now I think we're we're about kind of coming up on time uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the episode and uh call it uh lumago would you like to hang around for a couple of fetch questions as we as we finish this thing out yeah of course all right let's go okay so we have a couple fetch questions this week uh first one is from code flayer i'll read a a portion of of this email here they said hey there i'm a fan of the podcast and love your content i listen to current and past ones as i have time I'm also the author of the mobile ALTTPR tracker at www.alttprtracker.com. I'm a casual player and built the tracker because there wasn't a good option for playing on my couch. I've also tried to gear the tracker towards new players with helpful features that I didn't see in other trackers. I also got into Rando around the beginning of COVID and built the tracker as a COVID project. And then Codeflayer goes on to uh, request an episode for newer players to help them get in. Uh, I think that's a good request. It's definitely something we're looking at doing. Um, but I did want to uh, shout out this alttprtracker.com. First of all, I'm always a big fan of getting the right domain. Just like buy the right one and just put it there. I think that makes a huge difference. So shout out to you for doing that. Um, I checked out the alttprtracker.com tracker. Um 
and it looks like it does exactly what it says on the tin. It's it's you can have it on your smartphone you know, while you play on the couch and tab around to the maps and dungeons and items. It looks like it, you know, looks like a, a nice uh like a nice uh thing to have in the community, basically for lack of a better term. So uh shout out to you, Codeflare, for developing that. And uh if you are someone looking for like a mobile tracker to use on your smartphone like that, then uh I would recommend checking this one out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we also had mm-hmm. another fetch. Sorry, did, did anyone have anything they want to say about that? <laughs> no, that actually is a cool idea. Um, I don't know of any other trackers that really work well on mobile. Uh, so, you know, shout out to Codeflare for, you know, finding a gap in the community and filling it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. We had another fetch question from Amphibious T-Rex, who's uh, written to us a few times before. He's got a really good question this time. Uh, They said, I recently got a VR headset and have been playing it a bunch. Here's a few questions. What existing Zelda game would make a good VR port? What would you want in a Zelda VR game? Uh, Dante, you've made a note here. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and start us off with your answer? There is one that already exists. I don't have a link for it. I've seen it on YouTube several times. And uh, an IRL friend who was like super obsessed with uh, Ocarina of Time Rando for a while was telling me about it when it came out. But they already have a VR mod. Um, it's kind of janky, but uh, where you play Ocarina of Time, either the vanilla game or, uh, you know, you can make Rando seeds work too. But you can play that in VR in like a first person perspective. Uh, it's uh, it's a little weird. Um but it's it's functional, I guess, is a way to put it. But uh, it, it's kind of I've watched some YouTube videos of it. It's it's interesting, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, I'll try to find a, a good YouTube video for Temp to uh, to link. But uh, you know, like obviously, like Link to the Past wouldn't be it wouldn't be really good in uh, you know you know speak for yourself, pal. I, I mean, think it would be good as hell. You, you, I mean, you think that. I just try to think like how it would, how it would look, man. Can you imagine trying to Pegasus boots? I mean, in the thing, like everybody be walking well, everywhere. Uh, that's the problem with VR, right? Is like figuring out how to walk or, or like mm-hmm. solving that problem. You know, and Zelda games are famously all about like running around Hyrule and exploring everywhere. So that's like a huge barrier that would have to be crossed i think yeah for any yeah of them, really. i think that's part of the reason why i can't really personally imagine like any zelda game to make a good vr game but if i had to make a choice as much as people probably don't want to hear it i feel like skyward sword would probably be the most fitting just because it already kind of has like janky uh, yeah. vr controls built in yeah that's true Mm-hmm. Um, this is a little out of left field, but my answer would actually be like Cadence of Hyrule. Really? Okay. Right? Because, you know, wouldn't that be like you're like, because then you don't have to worry as much about the, the motion because you just like jump from square to square. So as long as you're like facing the right direction, you're going to jump, mm-hmm. you know, and like maybe you have to hit a button or something. I don't know. I just felt like it would probably be easier to adapt to VR than, like I said, a lot of the like adventure ones. Yeah, that could work. Definitely possible. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Luaga. What about you? Uh, if you were, if you had to pick a Zelda game to play in VR, what would be your pick? So I got to admit, I've only played a few Zelda games in my life, and that includes uh, the uh, the first three, right? The two for NES, and of course, Link to the Past, um, mm-hmm. Ocarina of Time, and then after that, I haven't really played 
you know, any of the, the more modern ones. Um, actually, Link's Awakening and I guess the Oracle, Oracle of uh, Seasons game I, I played, but I haven't played anything like Skyward Sword or, you know, uh, I, I can't even, I couldn't even name like most Breath of them. Breath of the Wild. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't even played Breath of the Wild, so... Hmm. Um, I, I would Doesn't actually, pro- have a VR I would port? probably go with something, you know, more familiar to me. And, you know, I have great memories of going to my uncle's house and playing the, the first two. Uh, and I think even adventure of link is kind of an oddball hmm. of one as that is in the series, right? Um, it's a, it's a big departure, but it kind of works. And I think it would work for like a VR, but what I, if I could take a little bit of a, side here um i I always thought the coolest concept of like uh, sci-fi technology that i would want to see implemented is a holodeck you guys familiar with the concept of a holodeck from Mm -hmm. star trek right Mm -hmm. so if it you know for the the listeners if you're not um it's just a a room that uh, has you know a bunch of like uh light generators and force field generators and it works to create objects or people or scenery and you can interact with it and so yeah. w- any, you know, game I think would work, you know, awesome in that kind of setting. I kind of low key think that like in 15 or 20 years, most houses will have something like a holodeck room or like a VR room that is mostly empty. And the purpose is to experience virtual reality in that room. It's maybe a little little harebrained of me to say on this podcast because it's kind of crazy. But <laughs> I, I honestly think that's that's going to happen. Yeah, maybe the time frame's a little short for it, but I can see that happening in the future for sure. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe it'll take us a little more than 15 or 20 years. But at some point, I feel like meeting up virtually is going to be almost as good as meeting up in, in real life, or it's going to be very similar. You ever pl- mm-hmm. you ever read the book or see the movie Ready Player One? I haven't. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've read the book. I haven't seen the movie, but um, it, yeah, it kind of falls along uh, those lines, what you're saying, Tim, like you... You, you kind of plug in or, or start up this uh, this game, and yes, you're interacting with people virtually, but it's kind of like you're there. So yeah, um, it's not a bad book anyway. Hmm. We'll check it out. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up. Uh, let's let's all shout out. Tell us your Twitch handle and something that you've been into lately. And I'll start us off. I'm at twitch.tv slash temp underscore. Been doing some music streams, getting back into playing ladder and stuff like that. Again, once a week-ish or so. Um, so I look forward to seeing you there. And I'm going to shout out Castlevania Season 4. I feel like I shout out a lot of animation on this show. And it's not like I <laughs> just sit around watching a bunch of cartoons. But there have been some really good animated shows lately. And Season 4 of Castlevania on Netflix just dropped last week. It's extremely gory, violent, uh, sexually charged. Not appropriate for kids, but it is it is pretty damn good. I really enjoyed the the fourth and final season of that show. So that's my recommendation. Who wants to go next? <laughs> I'll go next, All I right. guess, since not uh, nobody wants to. Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash um streaming whatever I feel like at the moment. Not a whole lot. But uh, let me think of my shout-out. I think I'm going to shout-out... Uh, I'm currently playing through The Last of Us 2, which yesterday or two days ago finally got a PS5 patch, making it run at 60 FPS. I've read and heard a ton about this game. It's cost, like, some weird... 
gamer controversy when it came out and people were upset for some reason yeah. and other people were upset that people were upset <laughs> and I don't even know. I kind of stayed out of everything. But uh, I enjoyed the first one and so far I'm kind of torn on the second one. I think I'm a little bit more than halfway through. We'll uh, we'll see how it ends up. Okay. You were, you were playing Returnal for a while too, right? Did you like that game? Yeah. Uh, it was great. It was awesome. I finished it. I didn't 100% it because as with any roguelike, there's like a billion unlocks and hidden rooms yeah. and stuff to find. But I finished uh, the two-story acts and the secret ending and uh, almost had my safe completely corrupted by a bug they introduced with a patch, which is always fun. But I managed to recover it somehow. And uh, yeah, it was great. That was good fun. And then uh, I also played through the Resident Evil 8. I think I talked about this in the last yeah. episode, though, didn't I? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a ton of fun, too. A lot of people have been really enjoying that. A lot of the reviews I've read have been pretty Yeah, positive. I think uh, the biggest complaint is that it's very, I don't know, action-y and not too spooky. It kind of, you know, it starts out spooky and then it gets very shooting gallery-ish. But I don't personally mind that much. I thought it was a ton of fun. Nice. Let's save our uh, guest for last. And Dante, why don't you jump in here? All right. I got two things, so I'll make them fast uh first uh, i got a shout out um retro tink mike chi has done a fantastic job with his like upscaler things for cons old consoles and uh uh for a while i've been playing rando i think since 2019 <clears throat> on my snes with a, a retro tink 2x uh which is basically a line doubler so it just shows in 480p over hdmi basically lagless uh, it feels just like it to me it feels just like a CRT and it's never really affected any like one frame movement stuff uh, so he puts a lot of you know high quality work into it but recently he just released uh, his retro tink 5x which basically as you could probably imagine adds that many lines you know it's like a 5x you know doubler thing uh, I, I kind of I got one thinking maybe I didn't need it uh, but I kind of was one of those I want this type thing and it finally came in last week, and I hooked the thing up, and I honestly was a little shocked at the quality difference uh, mm. that on my, my, my screen. I was expecting a, a slight increase. I, I got to say, I got a lot better results than I anticipated. Now, I am using you know HD RetroVision you know, component cables as well, but I'm still on my two-chip SNES. I haven't got my, you know, my SNES Junior modded back from Voltar just yet. Um, but I can only, you know, I've seen some screen caps on Twitter of how, you know, the RGB modded, you know, one chip SNESs look and they look phenomenal. Uh, I know Trinex, you know, member of the community here has one as well. And he said a lot of good things about it, but I had to shout that out cause it's like super awesome. I I'm super glad I got that, but, uh, that, I may have, sorry, I made that longer than I wanted to. Um, second thing real fast, uh, I have been playing a little bit of a link between worlds rando. Uh, hmm. uh, I started like I played my first seed on like I think it was version like z zero point one three or something, or zero point one point three, and then they've just recently released their release candidate of zero point two point zero, and I started a seed of that. So they finally have shuffled the freestanding heart pieces in that, and like the heart containers on the bosses, they still look vanilla. But when you pick them up, it's a different item, obviously. And the game's a lot of fun, randomized. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever get involved competitively with it. Um, much different than Link to the Past, even though it's kind of of the same vein. But 
uh, it's definitely fun if you know there, there's a couple emulators out there that will play it and there's also ways to mod your 3ds software wise to homebrew uh, the patches which is what I did uh, and and play the game it's it's been a lot of fun so far all right, so just start brainstorming potential titles for our spinoff podcast for A Link Between World Randomizer. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have something good. All right, we'll, All right, we'll come up with something. Sure. So you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash lumaga83. Uh, I only stream because they make us for ladder and other competitions, so don't expect too much. Um, we've already talked about all the reasons why. Um <laughs> Uh, you know, what I'm keeping up with these days, other than Rando and, and everything else I'm busy with, um, I've started rediscovering music. So, Tim, you were talking about, you know, being a percussionist and learning proper technique. Um, you know, I'm it, it's working OK that I'm you know going through the whole like beginners booklet and I, I've got a whole, you know, adult uh, book for how to how adults should learn piano. Um, I know it's probably easier when you're a kid and you have an actual instructor. But it's working okay. Um, I'm not. I'm not great at it, but I'm getting there. Uh, so piano specifically is what you've been. Yeah. Playing? Well, keyboard. But yeah, like the yes, piano yeah. music. Um, awesome. I used to play guitar when I was a lot younger, and so I already know a lot of you know how to read music and some some basic uh, you know uh, progression and um, yeah. It it it's like just picking it back up and you know now i'm just doing it on a piano rather than on a stringed instrument mm -hmm. um that's awesome yeah for a shout out you know since i'm kind of a representative here of the uh the mentor tournament uh, i want to shout out my co-admins right amarith mm -hmm. lady box thief malmo and xylo uh all of them are putting in a lot of great work I am very happy to, to be working with them. I formed, like we talked about, a lot of, you know, good friendships with them. Uh, you know, we, we talk and BS in the in the moderator channel here. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that this tournament would be nearly as good as it's going to be without uh, without all five of us here. Absolutely. Yeah, I I, I could not uh, echo that enough. The, the admin team is the reason that the mentor tournament is the success that it is today. I think a lot of that has to do with Lumaga and and absolutely, you know, the the other four, um, you know, Malbo's been a great addition and the other three um, running the mentor tournament in 20 and then all coming back and wanting to do it again and do it even better. It's just been absolutely huge for us. And I just think back to when I was running, running it pretty much by myself in 2019 and like how much better it is to have a team that, that has your back and how much better the tournament is as a result. Um, great shout out. Very, very good. And I love to hear that you're getting into music. You know, you know, that that tickles my heart. I love that very much. Don't so. expect Lumaga dot, you know, MSU anytime soon. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Go Mode. On behalf of our guest and my co-host, I've been Timp. Let's go ahead and mirror out.